Gittleman here, First Lady of Nutrition for the First Lady of Nutrition podcast. And as many of you know, I've spent my career shedding a spotlight on areas of health that have never been understood very much before, whether it's parasites, whether it's menopause, whether it's perimenopause or longevity, I've been rewriting the rules of nutrition. And now I'm going to have to rewrite them once again, because I've got a very special guest with me today who has written a new book and called The Calcium Connection, The Little Known Enzyme at the Root of Your Cellular Health. Welcome, Brandy Brody, to the First Lady of Nutrition podcast. Thank you for having me. I just have the ultimate level of respect and gratitude to all the work you've done. So thank you so much. You're so very welcome. And I have the ultimate respect for you after reading a little bit about your bio. How did an MBA from Yale who worked as a financial analyst become so involved with nutrition? Would you share with us your story? Absolutely. It was definitely not planned. Um, It just started with my son. His name is Canute. And Mm. from the first hour of his life, he had a lot of different health issues from breathing to sleeping problems to to hypotonia and then eventually to skin problems and swallowing problems and um, basically the medical community could not come up with any answers or treatment which through a long series of of events um, led me to the importance of this particular enzyme which I know is a new concept and it's called calcium ATPase And after I got him settled with his health, I ended up spending over a decade (laughs) learning everything there is to know about calcium ATPase and and really realize the importance of it for every single person. So that's, that's why I'm here today is to share my knowledge to help people's health. So what was the aha moment? So obviously, tell me, and, and, and tell me first, what kind of symptoms did your son exhibit? So he, so one of the most obvious symptoms was hypotonia. And what that involved was just not the normal strength of a child. And, and in a particular way, he had something called ptosis, which is his eyelids were droopy over half of his eye. Mm. So the original thought was myasthenia gravis, which he tested negative for. Um, But I I was determined to figure out the cause. So when I was studying muscles, I realized the calcium regulation was a key component. And at the same time, I started to realize things that made his symptoms worse. So the aha moment was typing into the PubMed, which is the central point where scientific journals are, and typing TBHQ, which is a particular preservative, and finding out that it inhibited this particular enzyme, calcium ATPase, which is crucial to calcium regulation. And then from there, I looked at everything he was sensitive to, and it all had a negative action on this particular enzyme. So what I figured out was by reducing his exposure to this, these inhibitors of this enzyme, his symptoms dramatically improved. The takeaway from that then is that certain preservatives can interfere with this particular intracellular contributor to calcium regulation. 
Yeah, it ended up not just being preservatives, but, you know, every single toxin you can think of from lead, mercury, <clears throat> cadmium, um, you know, certain types of sunscreen, um, fire retardants. I mean, pretty much everything you know is not good for you. And then I found out things that could stimulate this enzyme, <clears throat> which are certain fruits and vegetables and different compounds and also things that inhibited it or, or made things worse, such as lack of exercise, stress. And more importantly, I realized that many chronic diseases such as cancer, Alzheimer's, <clears throat> diabetes, obesity, were all associated with low, with low amounts of this enzyme. So I realized that this is important for all people. So how do you get tested for it? My people are gonna to wanna to know because they go and they get tested for calcium. They get right. tested for glucose. They get tested for triglycerides. We do tissue mineral analysis that shows the tissue levels of some of the toxic minerals, as well as some of the very important macro minerals. How would you know if you're deficient? Yeah, what's so frustrating is despite the fact that there's 25,000 articles on the association between low calcium ADPAs and this wide range of diseases, there's currently no test available, but I am actively working to develop that with a biotech company. But in the meantime, essentially, if you have diabetes or obesity or heart disease or cancer, those are all associated with low levels of calcium ADPAs. But for the average person, your A1C levels and your LDL cholesterol levels can also give you an idea of your calcium ADPAs levels. Well, what about those of us that are low blood calcium, low serum calcium? Is that an indicator of anything? No, but what's interesting, so, so the body has 2.2 pounds of calcium and about a teaspoon and a, and a quarter of that is called free calcium. <clears throat> and that's in your bloodstream and in your cells. And if you have an overload of calcium, that will end up forcing more calcium into the cells, which can kind of wreak havoc with calcium regulation, but that's not really the main driver of the problem. Um, what calcium ATPase does is when the calcium levels are high, it helps to bring the calcium levels down. And if you don't have enough of that, it just ends up causing a lot of different problems. So your, your son had all of these unresolved symptoms and he, he started exhibiting them during the first hour of birth, you said to me off, offline. Yes, he did. And, and so he um, actually, I had an epidural, which, as it turns out, um, lidocaine is a very powerful calcium ATPase inhibitor. Um, and then from there, um, you know, at the time, 20 years ago, nobody was really aware of environmental issues. So, of course, I just moved into a new house. So I had paint, new floors. I didn't have any idea about cleaning products. Um, he was on formula, which is often associated with aluminum. Um, and then the first foods he started on were things like Cheerios, um, <clears throat> different yogurts, different, you know, kind of fruit mixes that all have compounds and inhibit calcium ATPase. So I was kind of, you know, in food dyes, I was kind of in a total vacuum of realizing those things could affect his health. 
So how long did it take from all of the disparate symptoms to get real resolution? So it took me about two and a half years to really zone in on it. And of course, I went through the process of thinking I was crazy that what I was observing you know, couldn't have been the cause and, and trying and retrying things. But ultimately, it was just an obvious truth. And of course, there also was the element of having to convince my parents and my sister not to you know, feed him the normal foods. And then you know, at the end of the day, they realized what I was saying was true and were the biggest supporters of that. But it definitely took a long time to really trust, trust what was happening you know, because it was kind of a hassle. Uh, well, it was a big inconvenience, and here you are, a new mother, not really knowing what was going on and not getting much assistance from conventional medicine. So is there a, basically a tipping point where he started getting well because of something you were doing with the change of feeding or change of supplementation? Yeah, yeah absolutely. It was about when he was two and a half that I really began to trust my instincts. And... um Pretty much from there, the symptoms very much improved, but there definitely were still periods until there was about four that I thought, you know, maybe I was overreacting or, or this or that, but the consistency of his problems, and especially because he was so young, and I knew that it was nothing to do with his emotional environment or, you know, other kind of traditional things that cause problems. And he also had tested negative for every allergy, for every other possibility, cystic fibrosis, all the different muscle issues, metabolic issues that I was kind of left with, okay, let me just understand what's happening to him, you know, which really involved 24 seven observation. And, um, you know, by the time he was two and a half, I had really understood that it was really my responsibility. And also, you know, as a new mother, nothing is as important as the health of your child. So, oh, so true. You know, I mean, so my whole world revolved around that. And, um, you know, ultimately I found so much relief in finding ways to help him, which continued to this day. <laughs> He's 20 years old and he's figured out himself that, you know, even though he's at college, he has to be careful. And if he doesn't, it still has a really negative effect on him. So, you know, he's my biggest supporter. And actually, he was a person that encouraged me to write the book. How interesting. And the book is available, by the way, at Amazon. On Amazon, on barnesandnoble.com. And um, it's coming out um, officially on April 6th. So by the time this is aired, people will be able to buy it on Amazon or Barnes and Noble. But yeah, and actually, I feel like so compelled because this is so much my mission in life that I would like to provide you with 25 free books that you can distribute to people that are interested because it's really a labor of love. Oh, to, say, to say the least, a labor of love, a labor from the heart. More than you could possibly know. You know, I don't want other people to go through what I went through, both with their children and also as adults, you know, really being able to help prevent chronic disease. 
So does your book talk about all the steps that people can take to uh, neutralize this particular enzyme? I hope I'm using the correct terminology. Yes, yeah, so actually you want to have this enzyme and this book explains this enzyme because I know it's a new concept. It explains its relationship to all sorts of diseases, but most importantly, it explains you know, the toxins that have a negative impact and ways to prevent that. And then also, which is, which is exciting, is that there's different compounds in food that have actually been shown to stimulate this enzyme, as well as exercise and stress reduction. So it's the exciting thing in the meantime, because there's a lot of pharmaceutical companies now looking at this enzyme. But in the meantime, there's actually action you can take to optimize your levels. So what are the most deleterious environmental assaults that we should be aware of? If you were to name the top five, let's say. Um, so obviously the ones that, for example, you go into detail in your radical metabolism books, such as lead, mercury, aluminum, cadmium, are all scientifically shown to inhibit this enzyme. Um, but some you may not be aware of is things like titanium dioxide and zinc oxide nanoparticles that are found in a lot of, quote, natural sunscreens. Have Whoa, that's a biggie. Would you repeat that for, for my listeners? Yeah, so, I mean, chemical sunscreens also have a negative effect on calcium ATPase, but what has not been known in a, a general way <clears throat> is that nanoparticles of supposedly natural sunscreens, such as titanium dioxide and zinc dioxide, actually inhibit calcium ATPase in the skin. And why that's so important is because skin cancer is associated strongly with reduced calcium ATPase in the skin. So the solution is, or the good news, is there's many companies that now offer smaller levels of titanium and zinc oxide, um, you know, for their users that actually don't cause this problem. So that's kind of a big one. Another one, of course, is sushi which, you know, from your book, you know about mercury, but especially tuna sushi, because mm. tuna, grade, tuna grade sushi has a lot of mercury. So just one serving, one roll of that actually is your mercury limit for the, the month. month. Oh my gosh. So um, those are two that are really kind of under the radar because both seem like, you know, good things to have, um, but both are not. And then also there's things like cadmium in your buttons and in your jewelry, and also in teen jewelry. And um, that's a major inhibitor of calcium paste. So it's really important to keep those things away from children. Um, so those are a couple of things that may not stand out, but are really important. You know, as I'm looking at the cover of your book and looking at the calcium connection, and I love the cover, the, the subtitle of the book to my listeners is the little known enzyme at the root of your cellular health and cellular health is where it's at these days. But I'm thinking 
that when the body is exposed to any type of EMS, it creates a dysregulation of calcium in the intracellular calcium uh, in the body. So I'm wondering if EMFs have any impact on what you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, kind of unfortunately, those studies have been primarily done in Russia. But what they have shown is that EMF has a negative impact on calcium ATPase, which the net result is dysfunction in intracellular calcium. I mean, there definitely should be studies in the United States, but so far there are not many. Um, but, you know, the Russians are pretty darn smart. To say the they, least. They figured this out. So it's clearly something that should be addressed. So removing toxins, minimizing toxic overload is good for reducing the cellular detrimental effects of this particular enzyme. What can we do? Is there anything dietarily that's particularly good for this condition? Yeah, absolutely. So one key thing, and maybe the most important key factor, is to reduce or manage your blood sugar. Because Ooh. like you mentioned in your book, Ooh. the sugar advances glycation. And because calcium ATPase is a protein, high blood sugar, the sugar attaches itself to the calcium ATPase protein, which inhibits calcium ATPase, which causes all sorts of problems throughout your body. Um, the other kind of positive thing is that substances such as lutein, elic acid, um, lipocene, resveratrol, vitamin E, have actually all been shown in research. Those compounds all stimulate calcium ATPase. So it's one more reason to eat healthy. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people have said that, including you, which is all very powerful, but this is one more reason that reinforces those so, suggestions. So I want to get very clear. Calcium ATPase is an enzyme that we should have in abundance? Absolutely. All right, so... so and, and, and it can be neutralized or it can be suppressed or impacted by many negative environmental assaults. Absolutely. And we can enhance its operation or its function by the cons consumption of certain foods, certain enzymes, certain superfoods, shall we say, including resveratrol. Yeah, and what's also important to know, is, which is the good news, is that all types of exercise including moderate aerobics, high intensity aerobics, as well as strength training, all stimulate calcium ATPase in your muscles and your heart. And just as kind of a background, as you age, the, low, the amount of calcium ATPase you have in those areas declines. And what's wonderful is when they test older people and who are doing these activities, the enzyme level rises. So you can exercise, which is positive. And the other factor is stress. The hormones that inhibit, the hormones that you release under stress inhibit calcium ATPase. But the great news is that yoga, uh, meditation, uh, different Asian um, meditation methods, all have been shown clinically to reduce these stress enzymes. 
So basically, by you know keeping eating these nutrient-rich foods, reducing high blood sugar episodes, um, exercising all types, as well as stress reduction, can all really help you optimize your calories and HPAs levels. So your book outlines uh, a, a way to optimize and reduce the negative impact of reduction of the ATPAs. And how many chapters in your book? Can you go through the book and give us just a little thumbnail sure. sketch of what you cover? Yeah, so the first chapters, or the first chapter actually is my journey, which is much more in detail that I went through. Um, the second part of the book is what calcium ADPase is, which is kind of a new concept. Um, the third part of the book goes into quite a bit of detail about the different diseases and how they relate to calcium ATPase, which is really based in science because I wanted to have that credibility, but you can really pick and choose what diseases you're interested in. And then the fourth part of the book is the most important and the toxin reduction gets very specific. I have checklists of different toxins and what you can do. And I really emphasize that whatever you do is a positive. So you don't have to do everything, but work through the list and they're very specific. And then I move on to nutrition and start with blood sugar. And then, then secondly, the nutrients, but maybe most importantly, I give a lot of recipes. Oh, that that's, actually, what, I, that's yeah. what I'm excited about. So yeah. recipes, can you share some of those top recipes for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? I just think it's so important for people to get actionable takeaway ideas sure. of what we're talking about so they know how to translate this into everyday living. So one of the important things I think is easy to incorporate is the importance of berries, uh, both blueberries, raspberries, blackberries, yum. yum, yum, yum. Strawberries are all really powerful or contain compounds to really good for your cows made to taste. And in terms of dinner or lunch, I have a lot of great recipes such as asparagus soup, this absolutely wonderful chicken. You can't believe how good it tastes. My husband is like, this is better than any restaurant in New York. Um, <laughs> That's saying quite a lot. Yeah, I mean, he's just crazy about it. In fact, I have to avoid <laughs> preparing it because he eats so much of it. Um, risotto, there's a wonderful risotto dish, some wonderful salad dishes, um, some great chili. So there's a wide range. And, and all these recipes, why they're so wonderful, is that they all incorporate at least three compounds that are good for calcium ATPase. So even if you just incorporate them once or twice a week, you would really cover a lot of bases. Um, and that was really important to me. And I got a really well-respected culinary chef to come up with these recipes because they're so delicious. So um, that's something that's really, um, something people can really use regularly. But you've done more than come up with delicious recipes. You've actually provided a wonderful theory about the causes of disease, wouldn't you say? Yeah, absolutely. And kind of a great thing about the recipes is that I have a chart in the book that actually lists what compounds are good for calcium ATPase. And then with the recipes, I actually demonstrate how these recipes 
have a positive effect on calcium HPAs. And then also I provide under each nutrient some great snack ideas. So for each nutrient, I provide three snack ideas, which also help your calcium ATPase. So it's just a lot of choices you can make that really are all positive for calcium ATPase. So we're all looking for good snacks, Brunty. So can you give us a little hint, a little taste of one of those snacks? Sure. So one snack that you may not think of regularly is just simply some, some um, baby tomatoes because they're really high in lipazine. Another one is a trail mix that has a number of the nuts such as pecans, walnuts, almonds, sunflower seeds that are also all great for calcium ATPase. And then lastly, this is probably one you've thought of, but celery is great for calcium ATPase. And paired with almond butter, it's like a double whammy mm. of calcium ATPA snacks that are really easy to incorporate. And finally, you know, red grapes are a great source of resveratrol, which is also really, and, and these compounds, and I include this in the book, it's not like I'm just saying they're good for you, which obviously they are. I actually share research that demonstrates they're particularly good for calcium HEPA. So it's kind of like a real motivation for eating these snacks, which you already know are good for you. So tell me a little bit more about what your son, Canute, does on a regular basis. He obviously knows that he's a little sensitive because of this right. so the situation. Most, the most important thing that he needs to pay attention to is processed food. Mm. which is not so easy because, you know, things like pizza and snacks and different candies all contain these compounds. But what he's learned is that when he eats things, he has a really difficult time concentrating. And it also trigger, triggers skin problems such as acne. And both of those things, at this point, he's trying to maintain a 4-0 the mechanical engineering at Georgia Tech. Oh my goodness, a bright boy like his all mama, like are, his mama, like his yeah, mama. All those things are so important to him that on his own, he's completely careful of those. And I'm also just getting in a taxi that has artificial smells involved. Oh my gosh. He just doesn't, he just, just doesn't take them. Because um, it's just not worth it to him to have these problems. Are there are there any supplements? <clears throat> excuse me, that he takes to circumvent these? He takes. I mean, he eats the foods that stimulate it, and he also takes taurine, which is a really important amino acid that I know you mentioned in your books. But the great thing about taurine is that caffeine actually triggers the release of calcium from your storage vesicles within yourself, which in and of itself is not a bad thing. But what targeting does is it stimulates calcium HEPAs, which helps the calcium to come back to the storage vesicles. So if you're kind of in a study frenzy and you're, you're ingesting a lot of caffeine, Taurine helps you prevent that kind of burned out feeling. So he takes taurine on a regular basis, as well as focusing on the foods 
and and all three all three of those things are really important when he doesn't do those things you know he pays the price which is really for him really a problem so what does he eat now that he knows he's sensitive is there a special diet he follows right so every breakfast he includes berries which some type of berry which he knows is good for health it's usually with oatmeal or eggs or avocado toast. Avocado is actually good for vitamin E. Um, and then mm. he also, for his snacks during the day, for one snack, he always includes a nut, such as almonds or walnuts or sunflower seeds. So by incorporating those twice a day, he's also boosting his calcium ADPAs. You know, lunch and dinner are a little bit of wild cards but he consistently avoids substances that he knows inhibit calcium ATPs unless it's a Friday night and he decides, decides to indulge, which he always pays for on Saturday. But, you know, being a college kid, you have to kind of accept that, but he always knows he needs to get back on track um, as well as exercise on a daily basis. You know, he also does. So, Brandy, I have a question as we start to conclude our wonderful podcast. Do you think this is the most important single enzyme that impacts your chances of contracting more deadly diseases? Absolutely. And it starts from before you're born until your last years. When you're born, it's crucial to your brain development, which is one of the reasons why excess alcohol or rec recreational drugs or mercury are so important when you're having your child. And it goes through your life from diabetes, obesity, cancer, heart disease. And then it ends with Alzheimer's because believe it or not, one of the main drivers of Alzheimer's is dysregulated calcium. And calcium- Oh, but then we have to spend some time on that. You say yes. that one of the one of the drivers of Alzheimer's is dysregulated calcium. Right. So what typically happens, you have low calcium ATPase, which throws off the calcium regulation in your brain, which end up having two separate effects. One is that it leads to neuron death, which is the worst. And mm. second of all, it affects neurotransmitter release, such as dopamine. But what's really exciting is I am involved with a biotech company that's come up with an enzyme that actually, by stimulating calcium ATPase, actually prevents neuron death and also stimulates neurotransmitters. So that's a few years off. But in the meantime, there's ways to protect your enzyme which are, are just basically important for your brain function as you get older. So in conclusion, what's your vision for your book, The Calcium Connection? Who should read this book? My vision for the book is simply mothers that are expecting mm. mothers with children because calcium regulation is crucial to neurodevelopment. And then it continues through your lifetime with obesity, because reduced calcium ATPase reduces your metabolism. Diabetes, because reduced calcium ATPase can end up with death of your pancreatic cells. 
cancer because reduced calcium ATPase makes you more vulnerable to cancer. Mm. Heart disease, calcium ATPase plays a crucial role to all the major diseases that you that can occur over your lifetime. When you have low calcium ATPase, it just makes you more vulnerable. And then finally, as you get older, Alzheimer's and dementia, you know, you really want to give yourself a chance to not do anything that can make it happen or make it worse. So my vision primarily is to educate people about calcium ATPase and in doing so, increase the probability of having a healthy life and a healthy older years. Marvelous. Would you thank all the folks at Skyhorse Publishing for me, please, for connecting you to me? It's unbelievable. I mean, because it's a completely new concept, I am literally the first person on earth to communicate the importance of calcium ATPase other than the scientific studies. You know, I'm incredibly grateful for Skyhorse to give me that, op that opportunity because it's so important. And even if it just, you know, helps 10 people learn about calcium ATPase, it's worth writing because it's so important to people's health. So key, so important. And again, the book is available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. I'll be looking forward to getting my copies and sending them out to all my contacts at all the big magazines and newsletters. So we'll help you as much as we can. Right, and also, like I said previously, this is so important to me, and it's really such an act of love that I want to provide you with 25 free copies to distribute to people only with the goal of getting this, this information out in the world. I think this will be important for all the newsletters for the health-targeted populations that are out there, the people that are over the age of 50, and I'm one of them that really need to know how to prevent Alzheimer's. That Alzheimer's connection was incredibly helpful to me. So I want to thank you so much for being my guest. Will you come back? Absolutely. And I can definitely go into very much detail about all aspects of improving and protecting your calcium ATPs throughout your lifetime. I love it. So I want to thank Brundy again, and I'm going to thank all my listeners for listening to the First Lady of Nutrition podcast. I want to especially acknowledge my new, my new sponsor, cs-health.com, who are the producers of Vitality and Vitalica Plus. It's a wonderful uh, enzyme-activated dietary supplement that I take on a daily basis because it's so high in sulforaphane that also helps cellular health. Great, and I just wanted to add one one part of the puzzle, which is, as you mentioned, in radical metabolism, cell membranes play a really crucial role in calcium ATPase. And, and so do the vegetables and fruits that Anne Louise incorporates into her diet. So, you know, her, unbeknownst to her, her methods are really powerful ways to protect and enhance your calcium ATPase. So on that note, I just wanted to leave that because it's been so powerful to helping people towards health. Thank you so much. That was a wonderful endorsement. Quite, quite well, unexpected it, and quite delightful. It, it, well, it's absolutely the truth. So I'll leave you with that. My whole goal is to help people have better health and 
by following her advice, you come a long way towards achieving that. So thank you so much, everybody, for listening in. May you all live till 120. I may ask as my grandfather used to say. Goodbye, good luck, and lots of love.